sorry, I'm just going to stop real quick. I don't know. Are you seeing yourself on the camera right now? <laughs> Why? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, hey, RJ. How are you, Jordan? Doing fine. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's been a long, busy day. I got up for the for the race at, uh, what was it, 5.30 this morning, and then uh, mm-hmm. after some watching the races and breakfast with the kids and the wife, I uh, drove out to Canmore and I did uh, quite a bit of skiing and I tracked some of the, uh, the race tracks that they did on the IBU cup. And then we had a biathlon practice and we did a little, uh, mass start, uh, with, with five people. Um, but still it was, and, uh, you know, short, like, uh, five kilometers total. And uh, I think her penalty loop was like, well, not even 50 meters, I think, but, uh, Hey, it's all, uh, a race is a race. It's a race is a race, but now it was just for fun and bit of the race experience idea, but, uh, it was, it was really cool was to it, do. Was it cool to think about the fact that you were racing on the same tracks that the IBU cup athletes been racing on just a couple of weeks ago? Uh, a little bit, but it's, uh, the, the main difference is that now, so they left the, uh, purple and blue, uh, lane numbers mm-hmm. and little uh, dividers, I guess. So, so that was cool. Um, but other than that, it's like we ski there so many times, right? It's yeah, and it and it does look very different when it's not when the track sure. is not set exactly that way. But uh, no, I was just uh, I was happy with my result actually. <laughs> so, for what it's worth, I uh, I looked up. I compared my my race to uh, JT Bo in uh, in Oslo. <laughs> so he he did thirty nine minutes for 50, over fifteen kilometers. So we did a five kilometer race, and I did twenty seven minutes. <laughs> so and that was with uh, nine penalty loops, but again they were like thirty meters each, twenty meters. Uh, but uh, hey, probably just as exhausted as he he is after a race. So. <laughs> It never never ceases to amaze me. There there are some races he looks truly exhausted, but so many other races where other people are collapsing and he like bends over for twenty five well, seconds. Half the time he can just kind of go on a like a leisurely ski the last at, lap at like. the end, or just stop, you know, and wave to the fans. And you know. <laughs> yeah. um, before I forget about it, I actually did want to mention something else that you've done recently. Um, uh, RJ uh, is probably not going to mention on his own because he doesn't like to self promote, but. Uh, he he did add a new feature to his website. It's called Triggers, and it is basically uh, an area where if you have something that's been burning in your mind, a question um, that you wanted to analyze, and this is for you know if you're a fan, if you uh, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, like if you want some specific analysis of uh, of your athletes or or your season that you have had, um, RJ is is offering his services. I mean, obviously. Um, there are, are, you know, for, for bigger questions and, and you'll, this will make sense when you visit the website, but, um, it's, it's biathlonanalytics.com and it's under triggers, but it'll make sense when you visit the website, the, the different level questions, you know, they, obviously they can range from free to, uh, uh, uh price. And I forgive me if I don't remember the prices off the top of my head, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really cool thing. If you guys have spent any time at all on his website, you, 
know what the uh you know what the quality of the work is and um i think that's kind of why we are all drawn to his his twitter account to begin with is because sort of looking at biathlon in a new and unique way and uh sort of different from just the the run of the mill stats that that we kind of see on on the on the data center um or or real biathlon so definitely would recommend checking it out like i said if you're a fan if you're an athlete if you're a coach um you know i think there's there's opportunities for for everybody to take advantage of it are you done yeah are you embarrassed yet yeah that makes me feel uncomfortable i know it does (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no totally guys uh go go check it out and the other thing that that was funny at the at uh when we were skiing today they were making fun of me like you you don't you don't want to talk to strangers so they were uh, hackling me about that now <laughs> and i'm just thinking you just haven't met jordan yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i don't maybe they don't want to meet me because i'll just be, they're actually trying to do something i'm just sitting there chatting the ear off um i'm telling you guys like yeah. when i was a when i was a kid this this kind of you know my parents will tell you that um my dad always says that I was, I was his shy guy. Cause like when I was a kid, like I didn't talk to anybody. And, um, then sometime around like high school, college, I just, it was like all the words I had saved up for not speaking for like the first, you know, 20 <laughs> years of my life came bursting out and I just haven't shut up since. Um, it sort of annoys and here it annoys Katie sometimes. Cause you know, there'll be times when she's trying to like, if we're at like a social gathering or something and she's trying to get us to leave and I just like, won't stop talking to people. <laughs> it's like half an hour later. And she's like, I thought we were leaving. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, gets me in, gets me in some, uh, <laughs> marital hot water, but she's a good sport. She, she puts up with me. <laughs> yeah, she probably um, gave up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been married for what, 10 years now. So I think she's, she's kind of thrown in the towel on that one. Um, yeah. all right. So, well, what uh, a great, uh, about throwing in a towel and, I, and i'm sure we'll talk about this more later yeah but i was really happy to hear that uh seaman Ader not just did not retire but actually said he will be coming back next season <laughs> yeah yes so uh i was um i was getting nervous because you know with all the the retirement talk you know and and all the retirements we'd seen the last few days and every year i think that's sort of you get a little bit worried about eight or not yeah. not coming back and yeah, there he uh, is. Benny Dole uh, apparently also yes. said that he's mm-hmm. coming back for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, yeah, apparently he talked to his family and they're all on board. And why wouldn't he come back? Well, the guys from uh, Doppelzimmer, they said it's because he finally shot 20 out of 20. <laughs> so now he has to at least have a season. Uh, yeah. Knowing gotta, that he gotta, can do it. He can do it again. <laughs> um, I actually had it written down. Like he, uh, this season, uh, he's going to finish fourth in the overall, which I think is going to be his best ever. Yeah, um, he's got a win, you know, and he's I think it's his fourth his fourth career win. Uh, three podiums this year ties the most he's ever had in a season in his career. Six top fives is the most he's ever had in his career, and ten top tens. I mean, that's a a great season. He's thirty two years old. Why yeah. not come back? You know, well, and being the first non Norwegian, the first non Norwegian, exactly. Yeah. I think then that actually means something this year because the top two Norwegians were out of their minds and the yeah. third Norwegian won two discipline globes. So yeah, uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see both of them back. Mm-hmm. Um, Ader, by the way, I think had um, something like eight top tens this year. Um, so he's obviously not, not falling off at all. Well, I'm 18th in the overall standings. Overall, I know it, you know, every year you expect you're finally going to see some like decay in his, his form and no, 
No, I mean, he just says, like, I think in the last four years, I went back, he's, he was 27th in the overall, then 15th, 15th, and now 18th. I, and he, dude, he is also an athlete. I don't think he got sick this year, did he? I, he's look, we need to investigate what he's what what supplements he's taking. I'm not saying yeah. anything anything illegal. No, I'm saying like no. what is he like what what is his is he just like on a high level of zinc? Like what is this that he's uh <laughs> I honestly do think though, and 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 I've read some stuff about um uh, uh as well, that yeah. as you get older, obviously you get to know your body better and know better mm-hmm. what your body yeah. needs. And you know, I also think even though they trade train really hard they probably do so less often just to kind of save their body Mm -hmm. yeah but maybe that's also you know it's just finding that balance and you just get better when you're older he um yeah no i i i completely agree with that i also think that we've talked about this a little bit is that his shooting doesn't really deteriorate in his skiing has never like he's never been like the fastest in the world so it's not like you know, but he's definitely the, been the fastest shooter. He still oh, is the oh, fastest certainly. shooter. But oh, <laughs> it's pretty it's just, crazy. It's pretty yeah. crazy. You would think that your fine motor skills would start to you know rust a little bit, but not at all. Wow. I mean, he's not that old. No, but I mean, forty-one versus twenty-one. You'd expect there to be a yeah, little bit of difference. Yeah, you know? but you think about. I think about golfers, right? You see them. It's the short putts. Like as guys get older, um, because they they. You know, they they sit on it or they you know they just get a little bit a little bit tight but he just mm. he doesn't he just goes out there and blazes away and and you know shoots what was it like 70 some odd prone straight hits i don't know i can't remember uh, what, the, what the number was but um that was crazy yeah. yeah look at us it's uh oslo the right. end of the season and we've just spent the first five minutes talking <laughs> about benny dawn's team on eight like this we're, yeah. we're real Real loons over here, but but in all seriousness, I am I am very happy to see both of them continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as of yet, speaking of people continuing, no official word one way or the other from Vera. But um, I have to imagine that the way the season ended for her was is a is a good reason for her to come back. I, I will never rest for her until she you know says one way or the other. But I think she'll be back. Yeah, I mean. If she would retire, it's just because she's kind of done with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously absolutely. for the results, she, like, given how close she is, yeah. and she definitely had some weekends where she wasn't really herself, or at least not mm-hmm. the mirror you would expect, so. Well, this weekend. She came yeah. in, right? She she came in. I mean, it wasn't like a real shot. She was going to need a lot of things to go her way, and Simone wasn't going to give her that opening anyway, but... Mm-hmm. She was, it wasn't it wasn't like a done thing like it was with you know in some other seasons so yeah what uh what caught your attention um actually a couple things about the norwegians i was a little um i don't know how i would say that i don't want to say scared or concerned because i don't know her but it felt to me that the tyrell that we saw the smile, I mean, the smile was there, but I still didn't see that spark. Yeah. And that, that made me really sad that not mm-hmm. only that she retires after a year like this, but it makes me feel that whatever is going on in her life is still not over. Like yeah. she seemed very, not pale, but like bland. Is that how you say it? Like, yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, she was sort of smile, but there wasn't uh, the spark. She was blank. Yeah, that's what I would say. Just sort of like a um, the the emotion really wasn't there one way or the other. Um, It Mm. just was just very flat, you know, in terms of her in terms of her emotion, and um, she was always and I and I I think that the way that we remember her is just so enthusiastic, you know, when she was racing, Mm -hmm. and and even like if she had a bad race, her interviews were still, yeah, like. You, you know, you don't miss them because oh, that was that spark, right? It's, yeah, it was yeah. like, well, that was shit, you know, and and she would be totally yeah. honest about it, and or giggle you know, and like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and uh, and and if she was doing awesome, like she would be laughing and having a great time, and and just the then the memories for me of her racing are always going to be of her coming across the finish line with like her million megawatt smile and yeah, um, you know the the blonde hair flowing behind her and just like you know arms out i that's that's what will be in my memory and and it didn't match up with the person we saw this weekend mm-hmm. yeah like you said it's very sad yeah you hope yeah. that whatever is going on obviously is not knowing not knowing anything really just just what we saw this weekend and which wasn't a lot but you hope that um she's got a good support staff or good support system right. around her yeah 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 and i don't like I know in the past it was a bit of an issue with athletes as soon as they're not performing at the top anymore to kind of dropped. And I don't, especially in a country like Norway, I don't see that happening to her mm-hmm. from the support on the biathlon side of things or the athlete side of things. But yeah, you just hope that she has good family and friends around her that uh, mm-hmm. can get her better, or back, yeah. give her back the spark. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so and the other thing, um, I was not really a big fan of what JT Bo was doing, even though he wasn't, it's not like he was taunting opponents or anything, but I still, there's always a part of me that finds it a little disrespectful. Yeah. And then um, what bugged me really today is that, like, it's great that they want to celebrate uh, Roisland, but I don't think coming into the Finnish arena uh with 20 people after three people come across the line is is it's just not appropriate i yeah you I, know there was there's still people behind you that are fighting for points and maybe even for change like improvements in the rankings and mm-hmm. like i i cannot imagine that you can sprint full out knowing that five meters past the line is a group of 20 people celebrating so i don't know if you actually if you were able to see it where you were but um the uh the sorry i'm just gonna stop real quick i don't know are you seeing yourself on the camera right now <laughs> why there's something so funny about the connection where it's like it'll pause and then it won't just jump up to where we are but it shows like two seconds in like hyper motion yeah no, no <laughs> so i don't could, see that but... yeah so like your eyes would be like open and shut and like <laughs> it's just very very funny so uh, I don't know how much you were able to see from the uh, from where you were, or if you watched the whole race. But um, actually, as the race was finishing, there were there were women sort of getting stacked up at the finish line, and so there were actually a couple who who you know people do go down at the end because they're tired, but mm-hmm. who actually and I, I don't remember who it was, but they actually seemed to fall because they had nowhere to go. Right? There was just there was no yeah, or tripping the over the confetti. Yeah, kinda, there was just, there was yeah. nothing. There was just no space in the finishing zone. Um, and like, I, 
I am glad everyone was so enthusiastic to celebrate Marta. Mm-hmm. I just wish they could have waited about two more minutes. Yeah, or was, or, yeah. or let her ski to the end of the zone, or I yeah. don't know. I just it, it's kind of bugged me. It's like okay, you know, it's great. She Marta is a great athlete and a lot of respect, and she deserves a, a nice farewell. Mm-hmm. But you still need to respect all the other athletes that are also competing and can I say race. that. Um, my favorite retirement celebration was Ani Chevalier Boucher and with her child. She, with her child. Did you see her yeah, kid out there? Yeah, and, yeah. and there was a moment where she was like sharing her donut with her kid. And that was just such a humanizing moment. It's like, yeah. look at the, like, she's like just out there being a mom, like, Hey, I've got a donut and I'm going to share it with my kid. And yeah. it was so, no, and, and what got me so much was that Ben and I were actually watching the race and he and I had just been sharing a donut. And I was like, <laughs> it was so, it was like, I, I, it was so hard to even put into words like how cool that was for me that like in an instant she went from being just somebody who I was like, ah, cool. You know, I like, I enjoy watching a race to like, I will remember that moment forever because it was like, yeah. I was just doing that with my kid. Like you are, you know, just a mom, a human out there. Just, you know, we don't see them in real life like this. We see right. them on Instagram. We see them on the course and we see what the IBU produces, but that was just like a real life moment that we saw. I just, I loved it so much. Yeah. And I mean, especially it, that, that was one of our main reasons, right? Family and kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I, you know, <laughs> that it's an awful thing, but it, old know, man just, shakes his it, fists at the, at well, the clouds, just, you, you know, know <laughs> showing respect to, to other athletes. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it was something I, I, I didn't comment on it, but I, when I was watching it and they were having trouble finishing the race because of all the people that were there, it was sort of like, all right, guys, can we just, can we, can we just move this for a minute? Once everyone finishes, then like you can still have mm-hmm. the celebration here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also like it, I think it started a couple of years ago with, you know, one small sign when somebody retired and now it's mm-hmm. like, they just feel, it feels like they always want to up the game yeah. over the next or the previous season. Yeah. Um, do you, I, I I had to leave right after the the last race, but did they do the silver bib again? They did, yes. Um I have a picture of it. Taryabo was the was the guy and let's see. Is that over thirty five? I think it's over thirty five. Is Taryabo thirty five? I thought it was only thirty four. Oh. Uh, I think you have to make a note of the time again. Oh yeah, because of my dog snorting over there. No, because it, I know we've been so, sitting here so for what? twenty minutes waiting for <laughs> me to find this. So yeah, they 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 did do the silver bib, and it was uh, Denise Hermanwick and oh, Tari- Tariaba who won the the silver bibs. Yeah, so nice. Um, yeah, sorry, it took me a second to to go look that up because I'm an idiot and I forgot that Denise Hermanwick, <laughs> of course, would have won it. Um, no, so yeah, they they did that. I I, I appreciated uh, the. I don't know if you saw Denise. Uh, if if you saw her after the the race, um, somebody got her like a Superman bib, you know, for oh, like yeah, a yeah. cape, you know, and they were wearing like Herminator shirts. I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah, um, and it looked like she just had like a really small group that was there with her at the finish. Um, I think Mariator had a had a nice little group. I think she announced her retirement right before the race, mm-hmm. um, and so she had a little group that was there and. But yeah, Mar- Mar- not not surprisingly, it's in Norway, and and she's the most celebrated of all the athletes who's right. retiring. But Marta Roisland had what like 
35 people in the the finishing <laughs> yeah the, yeah seemed a little busy but uh yeah. and since i'm on the negative train <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to put out uh, like a, a pre-pod warning look oh, out man <laughs> so how you know you know how i feel about these commentators and when and when people say oh come on they weren't that bad i know they're not that bad and i'm picking on them but i've also been listening to these guys for four or five years mm-hmm. rather than people that just got them this year um, but how can you, in the final race of the season, not be aware of a very tight neck and neck race for the blue bib? I felt like I was losing my mind actually because that just, I was, that just was blew my mind. Posting about it online, and I was like, "Am I am I wrong? Like, do I have my numbers really wrong?" And like, because I did didn't I didn't hear anything, I didn't see anything, and I was really doubting myself. But yeah, that was that was crazy. They didn't mention I that could, at all. Yeah, no, and that. Yeah, um, but I'll be I'll I'll step well, off the string again, and I'll go yeah, into positive no, that right was now. Ridiculous, but uh, I I really did appreciate the way, and they always do this in Oslo. But I thought they did a good job. I don't know if they're using drones or whatnot, but giving like a, a they do a really good job shooting the venue in terms of like getting mm-hmm. cool camera angles, and and I, I do appreciate what they do there. I hope they're able to do that in other venues, but we'll see. Yeah, because I think they have a uh, like one of those cameras that's on four ropes that they yep. can control yeah. that way. But yeah. I I sincerely hope that whoever did the uh, um, the drone footage in Camor that that that's going to be yeah. it's duplicated in other events because uh, it was just an awesome way to just follow athletes and and see the tractor on and yeah, I know it's so. got to be expensive, but I really appreciate it. And I think that it. Uh, it adds a lot to the to the coverage mm-hmm. to have those sort of overhead shots and those sort of tracking yeah. shots. I think those are those are pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna the blue bib was one of my big things, and I think this is crazy. Um, and I and but after the race, like the thing I was most excited about was not you know Johannes Tignes Bo having this amazing season. I guess partially because we've been talking about it the entire time, but the blue bib race, like the, this weekend, was wild, right? Because you I had. Know. Jacamel just took over the blue bib at the end of the weekend uh, in Ostersund. And then he looked great in the sprint. I shouldn't say great in the sprint, but he looked much better than Hartweg in the, in the sprint um, mm-hmm. and picked up a bunch of points there. And and it looked like he was a pretty solid uh, favorite to carry the blue bib all the way to the finish. Then Hartweg in the pursuit goes 20 for 20 and gets in sixth place. And I don't know if you saw this, but Jacamel, he initially finished in 10th but was demoted down to 11th because of, yeah. uh, uh, I guess an infringement. He, he crossed in front of Seppola's line. Right. And I, you know, that, I don't know if there, I put a little Twitter thread together cause you could actually watch me in real time trying to figure this out. And then I really felt like an idiot when I realized, Oh, it was an easy <laughs> infraction. And if I had actually just watched the finish, I could have seen it, but instead mm-hmm. I was looking at still shots and trying to play detective like a, like a, a doofus. So then, you know, it, but it, it made a one point difference, but it was like a 39 points coming into the, into the, the race today. And so Hartweg basically needed, like he basically had to get on the podium in order to win the blue bib. He goes 20 for 20 again. So 40 for 40 in the weekend oh. to get second place. Jacamel, I think finished like 21st or 22nd, somewhere further down. Well, Un- horrible shooting. Unbelievable. Yeah. What kind of weekend Hartweg had to win the blue bib. Like that is, and did you see, and again, I don't know how much you, you were able to see, but I went back and rewatched it in the last lap. The look on his face is like, I am winning this damn globe. Like it was really cool to see. It was something I hadn't necessarily seen from him, 
but it was like my ex not even my expectations but my hopes for him jumped up like tenfold like for his future career just seeing that like that was like kind of competitive spirit i just hadn't seen i loved it it was an incredible weekend for the blue bib well and especially too with um he seemed kind of run out of gas by the end of the season yeah and then to to ski away from christensen who's you know oh. who he christensen had had no misses so he didn't ski extra or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just be able to ski away from him that was even he posted on instagram after the sprint race he goes like my batteries are dead and like hmm. you know just talking about how he well, maybe felt he got like, some new batteries because <laughs> yeah he felt like he was Holy. looking completely drained but it's like i don't know what got into him if somebody gave him one heck of a pep talk and um like you said it looked like he got new batteries that was nuts yeah and i, I don't know if you noticed when uh giacomel came across the finish line he mm-hmm. was uh quite upset he was, yeah. Which, you know, I can totally understand. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that so is, that, that was super cool. That is one thing I love about Jacques Amel is you always know how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Like when he when like I when he won the medals in the world championships, like he was like hollering as he came across the finish line. And not like in a rude way, I didn't think. It was just like pure excitement and joy. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like yeah. it was the same thing, but opposite today. Like when he came across, like he knew all of it. And it was just... It was, yeah, well, it was, and, and it was hard to watch, but also it was good to know how much he wanted it. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the best part is that next next season, they're both still under 25. Yes. Oh, so this is something I put together. So the the blue bib, so if you go back and look at all the years, like the, the blue bib, it's a little bit skewed because JT Bo won so many of them and, and, and for Cod, but... Pretty much every year, the guys that finish top two in the blue bib race go on to either win or be like top three, I think it is, in the overall. And everybody who's ever won the U25, even before it was a competition, but everybody who's won the U25 has gone on to win an overall. So, uh, and then the guys who haven't are the most recent guys, and they are Samuelson, Jacqueline, Dalla and Lagride. So you would think that of Samuelson and Lagride, like those guys have really good opportunities. Dalla yeah. has already finished top five, and then Jack Land, like he's got all the talent in the world. It's just sort of a different thing going on there. But yeah, um, I, I I think that's a really good thing. You know, you look at the future of biathlon, and I think we're going to be seeing Hartbeg and Jacamel fighting for overall globes in yeah. the not too distant future. And that's that's fun when you look at also Samuelson and, and Lagride not being that old. Dalla's not that old. Like there's some there's some fun battles coming up. Well, and if you also look at and and it's a skewed picture, but if I look at the top ten of the blue bibs, mm-hmm. uh, there's one Norwegian in it. Yeah. Now, of course, because mm-hmm. they have such a stacked team, a lot of their young guys were on mm-hmm. the IBU Cup, and um, so you know, if they could put anybody under twenty five on the World Cup the whole time, then I'm sure there would be more up there. But it's still good to see that there's like Switzerland, Italy, Norway, uh, Adam Runnels. Canada, the mm-hmm. Bureau yes. from France, mm-hmm. uh, Slovenia, Finland, Czech Republic. Like there's a lot of different nations in there, which is really promising. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned Switzerland having having Hartweg and also Stalder. Stalder came yeah. on very strong yeah. at the end of the year with a whole bunch of top tens. Yeah. So I I it's a, it's gonna be fun going forward, I think. It mm-hmm. you know, we know how much talent Norway has, but for better or worse, right, they can only start so many guys per race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and we know that there are going to be other guys up there who can race too. Because didn't they have a, a kid from the youth 
and world championships <laughs> because he won there. He was qualified for Oslo and yes. became 28. Was that right? Had a guard? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Yeah. You got him. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. And zero, zero IBU cup, zero world cup experience before that. Yeah. And then he shoots clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. They've got so much talent. I, they could just like seriously put all the names in a hat and like draw them out and still put yeah. a pretty good relay team together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, champions breed champions, right? Yeah. Which I think is why I'm so excited about the Swiss team is because I, we talked about this at the end of last year, but with uh, Selena Gasparin and, and Benny Vega retiring, like I honestly mm. thought I was like, Oh man, it feels like they're entering a bit of a wilderness era and like, who knows what's going to come out. And not only have they come out well, but like, my God, they look- best they've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. No, but it, yeah, it's well. Who knows? Yeah, we talked about it. I think early in the season where we said maybe this just uh, the opportunity that these guys were waiting for. Or I also never know. Like with retirements, as an older athlete, do you kind of um, adjust that to what's coming? Where you're like, you know, I want. I don't want to leave the team and and see them drop down but if i wait one more year then there's some young talent coming up or mm, yeah that's a good point i don't right. know if that plays a role um what yeah. i what i liked uh some of the commentators say that uh with someone like herman wick it's nice that she she decided she wanted to retire so she retired yeah because you know when you look at her results this year she could have easily oh, tried yeah. for another season and that she just, just won like, the sprint globe yeah. enough is enough and same with Marta Roisland, right? Like, yep. I'm sure she could have gone another year and do really well, but yeah, I think I think we all look at this as that there were three big retirements. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Ekhoff retired last year. It wasn't official, but yeah, we, ne- we yeah. never saw her, and yeah. So I think we all look at this as like the the Roisland and and Herman Vick and and uh, Anish Valier Boucher is kind of like the mm-hmm. three big retirements, and um, you know, it, 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 they all showed reason and why they. Diamond, oh, you Diamond. said Echo for last year. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. So um uh they all showed reason just this weekend why they could continue, right? Because Denise Herman Wick wins the sprint and then Marta gets second in the mass start and Charlie Boucher third in the mass start. I mean, these these women are still really good. And so it's not like yeah. they're it's not like they're getting pushed out. It's just that they've made the decision that there's something else they want to do. And and, yeah. and that's exactly the way you want it. Yeah. And you know, there's always something to say for people that just stick around one more year, one more year. But uh, there's definitely something to say for just leaving at your peak, or maybe not your peak, but mm-hmm. when you're still in the in the top. So, Simonator, uh, we definitely don't want you to retire. That is not at all what we're saying. Please continue. No, but he's not at his peak yet. <laughs> he's, he's still, still building still up coming. to it. <laughs> <laughs> he's working on his key speed. Uh. But, um, no, I was going to say I, I felt really, really bad for uh, Jamono today. Oh, yeah. Where she's such a good shot for such a young athlete. And yeah. then uh, I don't like maybe it was just getting into the last shooting in the lead, or I'm sure that played some uh, factor. Um, what happened on that last shooting in the Masters? Well, I think because she came in, uh, in, in the lead. Yeah. And then she missed her first shot. Um, but it was, I it, was mean, like it a, could be so many things, right? Maybe she was 
pushing really hard to get to where she was. And because of that, she was, you know, too, too high of a heart rate or whatever, but I can't imagine that, um, her position had no play in it at all. But did you see who else shot terribly? Well, so a lot of them actually. Everybody. It was a bloodbath. So yeah. she goes, she goes one for five. Tandravold one for five. Davidova was one for five. Um, Simone wasn't immune. I mean, she had two misses. Yeah. Uh, Gondla had two misses, and and thank God she she you know recovered well. And then there it was, right? So that you had you had in the midst of all this just chaos, you had yeah. Roisland go five for five, and Chevalier Boucher go four for five, and Herman Wick went five for five. Herman Wick, yeah. by the way, came. She was like where when she came in like 16th 17th she was way back there and she ends up in sixth because she went and look they it's just great i i could go on about this all night long Uh they these three women who were retiring and had this just magical moment at the end total chaotic shooting and they go they they shoot well and and end up with with good finishes it's fun yeah it's really interesting uh to know if if there was uh something with the wind if it was all of a sudden all over the place because I, I looked yeah. at Emma Lunder. Yeah. So she had two, three, two, and then zero in the last shooting. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if there was just periods where it was super calm and other periods where maybe. it just picked up like crazy. Or, or like a, just a heavy patch of fog blew right in and, and obscured the <laughs> targets for a minute. I don't know. It was, it was a little bit funny. I mean, there. for Jamano, it must be, yeah. like I said, it must play a role that she was just realizing that if I shoot yeah. clean, I'm, I'm going to win this. Yeah. Right. So, but she'll ever, I'm sure she'll have her chance. Yeah. Um, but, uh, kudos to, to Hannah. Uh, I, I, you know, coming away with, uh, I think she was second place in the sprint and then a win mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the, the season ending race. By the way, some cool bookends because Nicholas Hartweg, he set his career best at second in the opening race of the season and then I ties know. it with second at the, at the last race. Hannah yeah. wins the first race of the season. And then wins the last race of the season. I thought that was really neat. But um, yeah. Hannah, it was not the season I think that she expected or hoped. You know, she ended up seventh in the overall. But there's a lot here to like, um, especially mm-hmm. this the second. You know, you look at her shooting in the second trimester, um, getting better. That that really awesome performance at the Worlds with coming with four medals. Um, and that, you know, the, the, well, that's a hard thing. We never know, right. If yeah. Maybe she decided for this season, I want to really focus on the world championships. Exactly. Yeah. And then you she just kept know. that form the last couple of weeks and had a couple yeah. more really good races. So, um, it was, it, you have to be happy with the way she closed out the year and the way that she, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. worlds was her focus, she built the year perfectly. Yeah. And, uh, I was a little, uh, heartbroken when somebody tweeted, that Magnuson was nothing but a average, average biathlete, but she kind of came out of nowhere again. Hey, I, who said that? I don't, you don't have to name them, but, uh, no, I, I it, forgot it, the it, name, yeah, but it was yeah. somebody in the, I think in the biathlon group chat or whatever. Yeah. That's called, so, but, uh, she, she, she had a couple of really good. I mean, obviously she had the third place. She had a couple other top tens, but she still finished, I think top 20 in the overall. Am I wrong? No, I think uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, she lost to Hauser. I looked that up before. Today? But, uh, or no, no, just in in overall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hauser was 10th and, and Magnuson was 14th. Yeah. And look, if 14th is average, I'll take that all day, every day. Yeah, it wasn't just average. It was average, average. 
uh, average average. So I thought, you know, yes, compared to uh, Oberg's and and Lynn Person. Sure. And, sure. Um, she was she was fourth on the Swedish team. Yeah. One place. Here you go. Here's a question for you. Who had a better season, Lynn Pearson or Anna Magnuson? Well, I have it right in front of me. Sure. But your gut but, is to yeah, say Lynn Pearson, were, right? Like you, yeah, you would think Lynn but Pearson. But they were very close. Yeah. They were separated yeah. by less than 20 points. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the kicker is that Pearson had a great world championships. But, right. um, you know, you just look at the overall standings. Um, it wasn't, wasn't that far different. Huh. Yeah. You look, if the Swedes, if she's the fourth best Swede, you're doing pretty well. Like that's yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're you're looking at who she's around at folk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hauser uh, yeah. of the well known names, right? Fjallkova, yeah, well, Norton. A couple places behind so, Jean Monod. She was right, right ahead of Chloe Chevalier. Uh yeah. I'll, you know, if it's in the idea of she's just not one of the top athletes, I yeah, sure. But uh oh, it's a, she actually had that win this season, right? She did. Yeah, and, and so, honestly. Yeah. We all, I think we remember that as like the breakthrough for the the young French women like Jean Monod and and Sophie, right. Sophie Chaveau, but that was actually Anna Magnuson. Although I still win. remember that too for uh, watching Johannes uh, <laughs> Tingesbo skiing like Bambi on the like ice. Bambi. <laughs> yeah, we still need to but, see uh, you uh, Photoshop his face on the uh, Bambi. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, was, yeah, no, I thought, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a good, a good close there for, for Hannah, just to, to wrap that back up. Um, her yeah. sister, you know, you feel bad Elvira. She had those, those back-to-back sicknesses and obviously never looked the same. Mm-hmm. She did win the under 25 globe again, but, um, you know, that's it, speaking of you, she'll end up fifth in the overall, but not the season that she had in mind, especially when around world championship time, she felt like she was on the verge of, of really catching up to Simone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, clearly something, something affected her. She never recovered. And, and hopefully we see the, uh, the old Elvira. It's hard to say the old Elvira for someone who's like, well, like wow. Yeah. But 23 years old, but um, who's, yeah. who's living up to her potential. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And looking at the under 25, I mean, uh, we mentioned some of these already, but Oberg obviously well, well ahead, but Jean Monod, Chavot, Anna Gantler uh, in fourth after today's uh, mm-hmm. strong result. Amy Bezerga, Samuela Camola, Rebecca Passler, both on the Italian team. We talked about yep. that a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's... And Vobornikova has come on strong the last couple of weeks too. Yeah. She's had some some nice finishes, so... Yeah. Um, and then we saw uh, some some signs of uh, Arnikliev. Yeah. From Norway and... Uh, Auchenthaler. Marta Krogstad Johansson, the... Oh yes, she, she won in uh, Canmore, and yes, she, was, she had a good result today. So, well, we know the French have those two. Uh, oh, sorry, two, not today. Um, the sprint, yeah, the sprint. Well, is that the French have the the two young women? I don't. Um, uh, Bote and Bote, uh, yeah. and Guigona. Uh, uh, um, so that yeah. are that are going to be coming up to you know if there's space on the team, I guess. But um, <laughs> well, it helps uh, that one of the uh, Chevalier yeah. Chevalier sisters is retiring so yeah yeah but they have uh do you know is it out in the news that the um justine Prejaboucher is coming back i have not heard that she is not coming back but right. i also haven't heard officially that she is coming back so i'm going to assume she is until we hear otherwise mm-hmm. yeah and i know that chloe chevalier 
uh, toyed with retirement last year as well. Um, but she had another another season where she improved. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm hopeful that this was not it because she did have that second place finish a couple weeks back, and um, she looked pretty solid again uh, this weekend. So I think she was fourth place in the sprint. I I just she's not one of the best, but she just is sort of always plugging away, you know. And I appreciate to me they're not the same level, but they seem like like sort of like Fabian Claude from the uh from the from the men's side just mm-hmm. sort of like these these athletes who are not the best but they're just really solid Always and then when they, yeah. when they do really well it makes me really happy so mm-hmm. um, no for sure yeah. yeah you mentioned i think in your uh tweets already a couple of sort of unknown names uh invenius auto invenience oh, yes um there was a um, a Czech or a Slo- Slova- Vitmar. Well, Vitmar, Vitmar has yes. been up there before. Yeah, but um, yeah, there was some 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 strong results from people you don't see every day. Rostoguyev oh. is having a good end of the season. He is, yeah. Otto, Otto, and Vinius. Um, he caught my eye. I think it was like last year, World Championships. He anyway. Uh, I I had high hopes from him coming in this year. Young young Finnish uh, uh, athlete and. He had some injuries in the off season, wasn't wasn't quite able to get to his his level that he hoped for. But he definitely at the end of this year he was twelfth in the sprint. But did you see the the? I found out who they are now. Uh, but did you see the guys that were were running alongside him during the sprint? I race? saw it from your video. Yeah, yeah. So these there are two wax tech. It tur- so I don't know if you guys listened to the interview we did with Joanna Talaharm, but it turns out these are the Estonian wax techs. These are the guys, <laughs> and there was a straightaway, and these guys were absolutely booking it. One of the guys was in a dead sprint. Like I swear he was like running like Usain Bolt down this straightaway, <laughs> obviously in all of the gear, you know, and these guys are like shouting it at Otto the entire way. Clearly it's his last lap. They're clearly like encouraging him on. And, and it was just, it was really neat to see. And you don't always see that, but you know, those guys are always out there doing stuff like that. And, and especially, well, I think after I saw your video, I think I saw them do it again this morning with the women. Oh, did they do it? Start? They were chasing oh, someone or. Yeah. Um, those guys are incredible. I, I want to interview them. Like I want, I want to interview those guys. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just, that was some, some look, they, they wear a lot of hats. They, they get the skis ready yeah, and then they go out there and they have to run wind sprints. <laughs> well, and, and you know, you, you say that like, look, don't mean it lightly, but you say it lightly. They they get the skis ready, but they also are yeah. already out, like testing, yes. you know, yeah. hundreds of skis. And yeah, yes. it's, uh, it it must take a special type of person to do that, like to to yeah. never be in the limelight. You know, I, yeah. I'm sure their 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 athletes tremendously appreciate them, but um, you know, they're never on TV. They're never. There's no reward for best wax team. Yet they, you know. They're probably, well, are they working the hardest? I don't know. They're probably working the longest hours. Let's put it that way. Well, they're working and, the longest hours, and I think that they're partying the most because you look at these guys, look like they're having <laughs> yeah. a pretty good time. All the athletes have to get hey, ready but for the next race. a pretty good sprint time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hangover or not. I'm not yeah. saying anything. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And I know that uh, Johanna actually mentioned that uh, one of the people that she trains with the most is actually one of the wax techs who's a former athlete himself or a former uh, oh, okay. athlete or a cross country skier himself. So right. um, those guys are, those guys are busy. Yeah. 
Um, go ahead. Uh, what were you going to mention? I apologize. Oh, I was going to jump back, I think, two or three episodes where we talked about the Mass Start 60, and I wondered if they were wearing two different types of bibs. Yeah. And they do. I uh, looked it up in a video. So they had, I think one group is wearing a blue, light blue banner on the bib, and the other group is has a, a green one. And um, yeah, you can see at some part that all the green ones are sent for another lap, and uh, the blue ones are going ahead and shooting cool that's awesome yeah so i I didn't realize that that would probably would have helped a little bit to To understand uh, no i now next time i'll have to it'll make it a lot a lot easier to to follow um uh give me just a second i had a thought and it has floated out of my brain because i am well i'm an idiot so it's easy (laughs) oh this is what i was gonna say um uh, you know, we, we failed to mention this earlier, but the weather this weekend was kind of funny. Uh, All over the place, eh? Yeah, we had we had yeah. the, the cloudy to start. We missed the women's sprint on Friday, which was kind of sad for me. I didn't know what to do with all of my extra time because um, it was so incredibly foggy, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't race. That would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Then on uh, Saturday, it started out cloudy. And then was a bright, for the men's pursuit, it was cloudy. And then for the women's sprint, it was this bright, beautiful, sunny day. Like it was, it was just, it was gorgeous. And the fans looked like they were having just an absolute blast. And then today we got the clouds and rain and fog again. And, uh, and there were moments during the women's mass start. I was like, can they actually see, do they, do they know what they're shooting at? Cause you know, on the camera, it looks, I think it looks even more foggy on the camera, but yeah, tough. I mean, the advantage is that you're just shooting at a black circle in in the white yeah. area, yeah. right? So, but yeah, it's it's tricky if you can't see the dividers anymore, and you're you mm-hmm. need to make sure you're shooting on the right lane and stuff. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even take that into account. I was just like, can I even see the targets at all? But yeah, we, we, unfortunately, it did it did keep us from having a, a women's pursuit. Um, yeah, that was and, too bad. Uh, yeah, it just it was a bummer, you know, to to miss that, especially this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I bring this up especially because um, I was just talking about Johanna, and uh, you know she had a great sprint race. So she in the sprint um, ended up in I think it was thirty uh, fifth. Um, she she was eight for ten, but her last lap was just unbelievable i think she was fourth fastest on the last lap in the sprint and this by the way is starting in bib what like 100 so um you know it's not like she was skiing on pristine tracks like this was she was right. one of the last people out there after a men's pursuit and all of the women's sprint race so like it was as chewed up as it could get and she still went out there had the fourth fastest lap of the day and um i i chatted with her a little bit later it turns out that was actually the fastest lap of her career so uh, that was one heck of a way to, to close out the season. Unfortunately, she didn't get the the pursuit. But um, if you needed a, I was thinking if you needed like a good feeling to go out on, right? Can't can't do much better than that. And didn't she also like in Usterstund with the the relay? Did mm-hmm. she have one of the fastest times? She did, yeah, yeah. So she had a really solid, really solid like there too. Mm. So kind of putting something together at the end of the year was not the season she hoped for, but. Um, a couple of really good memories to take away anchoring the, mm-hmm. the relay yeah, sure. earlier in the season to the eighth place finish. And then, and then this, and so hopefully that, uh, you know, sometimes you need some of those, those memories to 
keep you buoyed yeah, sure. during the long summer and training. Realize you got it still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And hopefully I haven't, I haven't talked to her about it, but hopefully she's going to go to some more of those, those races around the world. Cause the pictures are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Speaking of our friends of the pod, uh, Anna Gondler, she finally got her top 10 took until the last race of the season, but she did yeah. it today. And what a, yeah. And what a way to do it. Like, Oh, I know. <laughs> especially with that, you know, that wild shoot at the end there. Was... Yes. Yeah. Um, and you saw her, the finish, right? She, uh, out, out leaned, uh, Veer for the, for the seventh place at the end. So no, I, I didn't, I, I sort of missed that. Uh, someone, uh, someone on, on Twitter mentioned that, uh, she needs to get that picture framed, uh, as like for, to, for the memory of her, her first top 10. It's interesting. They, uh, on, uh, real biathlon, they have exactly the same time. So was it a photo finish? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were, okay. they were it, it, from the angle. Like I didn't know until the end, until they posted it, who was actually faster, but hmm. from the angle, it looked like they came across together. That still must be a cool feeling to, to beat yeah. someone like Vera, right? Yeah. 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 God, she, she closed out really well. I think she was like 13th in the sprint too. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, you know, speaking, we, yeah, in the, we're, we're going to have a, a season recap episode coming up soon, but there's still a lots lot, to recap. a lot of young talent that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. I made, so after every race, I, I tweet out like the top 10 and then I put like a list of notables, just people I think that mm-hmm. you know, people on Twitter will want to go check. So like, like for example, if like, if, uh, uh, tangible, if she wasn't in the top 10, you might want to know that, oh, she finished in 13th. So you're not like scrolling and scrolling and making right. sure that, um, so today I, or yesterday after the sprint, I tweeted out my list of other notables and it took two extra tweets because there were so many women. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, that is just a sign of how cool a season that's been that this many names have come forward. That's like, Oh, I want to see where that person is. And it ends up being like, it felt like half the starting list, uh, by the time I, by the time I posted it all. Well, without going into too much detail, um, but the women's season has just been, absolutely bonkers it has yeah i just, i've loved it yeah and and you know uh from disappointments in vanessa hints who is basically yeah you know dropped off the team but then hannah kebinger or kebinger yes you know ending in fourth today and and having an awesome season yeah oh yeah she like, she joins the team in, in anholtz like really wasn't yeah. expecting to be on the world cup and has been great since then yeah there have been so, so many stories like that, like uh, Vobornikova, you know, uh, sort of she was like a, a, a hot pick for for somebody who could come in and have a great year, stumbled a little bit early and then ended up having a seventh at Worlds and a sixth here to to end the season looking mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, so she's going to be really good next year, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's so many names. Emma Lunder having a like she's not not best new by ever. any means, but she's having her best season ever. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know. We, there, I can't remember what race it was anymore, but there was a race, maybe it was Pokeyuka, where it was like the top 10. And it was like all the big names you could hope to see in a top 10. And then if you went through the ages, they were all like 27 or younger, except for like mm-hmm. two of them. So that's just, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And the season never felt over. Mm-mm. You know, it's, uh, I know it was a, a long shot for Simon to lose it this weekend, but. Yeah. If you're, I mean, if it had been, if it had been a full three race weekend and Veer had had that good start to the weekend, it could have been really interesting, but yeah, but she made it interesting, right? Those last couple of weekends, oh, especially yeah. no, for sure. 
two wins in in Oosterson, you know. Definitely made uh, uh, Simon think think twice yeah. about you know, yeah. not celebrating too early. Yeah, made her earn it, and look, she did. Like again, we don't want to don't want to step on our own toes here, but best from first shot to last shot, like it was, she she earned it. Yeah, she didn't stumble yeah. into this one. Yeah, and, and then I'm just I, looking at the old point system and uh, yeah, if it would have made a difference. I think Herman um, Vick and uh, Vitozzi would have swapped spots, but and like we, we've we've only mentioned him very very briefly on uh, on this podcast, but you know JT Bo, I mean, going on just an incredible run to end the year. I mean, the three he misses a weekend with, I guess he was COVID positive. Whether he was symptomatic or not, I will never know. But um, comes back and just sweeps the sprint, the pursuit in the mass start in really yeah. dominant fashion. I, the sprint race was incredible. He gave himself a huge margin of error in the pursuit. I just, he was it just, who he was. It, it made you like, it makes someone like Ponce Loma look average speed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where he's still flying around, but it's, yeah, it's like- I actually, I t- this, I'm glad you mentioned that the mass start today when in the very first lap, like J2 Bo did, like he just went blasting away on the first lap and like Ponce Loma was the only guy who could hold on to his skis and everybody yeah. else got, got dropped. And I wondered, did everybody else say like, it's not worth it? Like, why would I waste my energy? Or was it really that Ponce Loma was the only guy who could keep up? Yeah, I've noticed with, with, uh, Legright. Yeah, in a number of races that he seems to very quickly be like, you go. I'm not because yeah. I think in the be- in the start of the season he tried to keep up. Yeah, and that just unsettled his shooting, and and he probably realized, okay, it, yeah. if he if he shoots shoots clean, there doesn't matter. Just no way yeah. I can beat him. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes it pays off if you stick with him, but. Uh, yeah. It's hard to say if if uh, Ponce Loma's misses were all due to going too fast, but <laughs> yeah, trying to hold, trying to hold on. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I thought I thought JT Bo. I thought it was just a great race. He went out, and it's easy to say that because he won. But yeah. um, he he used his speed appropriately. I thought. I think it was between like the second and third shootings to build himself a little bit of a gap, and then he went perfect with the first standing shoot and it was over. Cause like, I think he, he came onto the range with like a 15 second advantage left with a 16 second advantage. Those numbers are my memory. I didn't check them. Um, and, and at that point you're like, all right, it's over. Cause he's but going to seems so many races like that, that he's yes. just in full control. Yeah. And it's like, like, he's... Oh, I got behind because of the penalty. I'll just catch up. Yeah. Well, and then... this is nuts, right? He was, it was 16 seconds, any other athlete. And you're like, Oh, well that's not, it's not even a full penalty loop. Like he still yeah. has to go clean. And for him, you're like, oh, well, it's going to be 35 seconds by the time he gets to the next shooting. So it's over, you know? If he misses one or two, it, it might get close. Yeah. He might sweat if he misses two. Yeah. Yeah. Might. Yeah. It's just, well, I hesitate to say we'll never see another season like it. I don't think we're ever going to see another season like it. Yeah. But we can we can save the rest of that for next weekend because this is already the 55th minute of the podcast and I actually kind of want, yeah. want to I want to 
Seriously, that's actually going to be my lead in next weekend. As I want to, I want to break down everything that happened because it's it's yeah. crazy when you look at some of the numbers. I was happy to see that uh, QFM was finally back to the one we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Even though maybe the mm-hmm. results weren't exactly the same, but his his shooting confidence kind of had that same feel to it. Uh, yeah. Um, you saw what happened with the French coaching staff, right? No. So the French coaches quit after the sprint race and they oh. flamed QFM and Jack Lan on their way out the door. Um, flamed as in, as in like they, they basically were, I, I personally, I, I, what they said was maybe not necessarily incorrect. I thought the way they approached it was really backwards a little bit. Like they talked about how, um, they, the athletes, especially Jack Lan and QFM weren't listening to them anymore. And, um, like there, there was no, uh, like they didn't have a good relationship with the with the coaching staff and the athletes. And I, so when 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 QFM when he came out and had these better races, in my mind it felt sort of like he's like kind of it's like he needed the the dragon to fight, and the dragon was going to mm. be the coaching staff. And he's like, all right, guys, like you're going to say all that. I'm just going to go out there and have some good races, and you know. Hmm. No, yeah. I totally missed that. Um, yeah. So so uh, I, read I, up. I, my first reaction was. I always feel if there's something wrong in the relationship, it's always, there's always two sides, right? Oh, yeah. Always. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, the fact that something was not right for QFM was pretty obvious because yeah. to go from a, such a strong season to, and there was some debate during the season two where it seemed like his whole training plan was changed over the mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of people are questioning that in the sense of why would you change if he just became champion in in a very dominant fashion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if I remember right, I don't have the articles in front of me. One of the things that they tried to talk to him about was you are going to have basically you're going to have more demands on your time, and people are going to treat you differently because now you're the champion. And he mm-hmm. was like, ah, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm going to do my own thing, and um, so. I think that maybe the coaching staff would agree with you on what uh what you're what you're saying. And Jacqueline, of course, they didn't have the nicest words for him. And I think no, we all I, I just yeah, felt I, some frustration with him. I struggle with that, but saying that oh yeah, they were the the reason why the relationship was bad because it kind of comes across from what you're telling me. I don't know if I picked up on that, but or correctly, but um. I always feel if if there's something between you know the coaches and athletes, then obviously there's something wrong on both ends. So you yeah. can't blame it on one side or the other. Just, yep. No, totally agree. But so they're done. Like they're yeah, they're done. Like they it was after the sprint race and they they quit and walked out the door and gave a couple of interviews and that was that. Hmm. I don't know who was out there on uh, for the last. Maybe they were still there for the last two races, but they made it sound like they were, they were and that was were, like the head coach and yeah yeah the coaching staff gone that's it they is need it new the coaches. paul something um, paul i i don't i don't i'll be honest i don't oh, okay. remember their, yeah. their names yeah hmm. and, and then speaking of coaches on their way out it sounds like the german coaches the german men's coaches not going yeah. to be back yeah yeah i heard that too yeah yep. but they already have assigned uh, the follow-up i think it was like the second in yeah. command is now uh yeah yeah i think it was a maybe a plan um, yeah, and for the uh, so, um, like I said, I was in Camor today, and I ran into uh, Matthias Irons, mm-hmm. and he was uh, so he announced a couple of 
well, two months ago maybe that he was uh, stopping with the uh, Biathlon Alberta Training Center. And he is actually going to work for the German team, but with the, with the young kids. So I'm not sure what the age groups are, but it's basically the, the kids before the youth and junior level. And, uh, yeah, he's going to, uh, to Arbor, which is where they have IBU cups, but I don't think they ever had a world cup. And, um, it's the training center for, for the, for those kids. And, uh, they have the youth and junior championships in 2026 there. So he's, he's hoping to work with these kids so that at least one of, or two of them can, uh, make it to the youth and junior world championships. But, uh, I was, you know, kind of sad cause it's not like I see him a lot, but, um, mm-hmm. it was always, you know, when I got the camera, I would check and see if he's available and catch up if we could. But, uh, yeah, so he's he's moving to Germany, and um, the chances of running into him are a bit slimmer. But he should be at uh, the World Cup in Cameroon next year. So if everybody stays healthy and uh, and good, then we can all meet together. But uh, special shout out to my dad who has expressed a desire to to meet Matthias Arns. <laughs> like of all the people we've interviewed, that's the guy he wants to hang out with, and I completely understand why because he just. He was just a very relaxed, easy guy to talk to, very well thought out, like and 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 well well spoken, and and I I am glad, and just very that, genuine, very extremely yeah. genuine, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I am glad that he's still going to be in the world of biathlon, and I'm glad that he's going to be continue to work with the youth. Um, I'm sorry, it's not in Canada. I'm sorry that it, he, we're not going to have the opportunity to just mm-hmm. stumble upon him out there, but. Uh, uh, I am looking forward to to actually getting to meet him next year. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, pretty excited. So from from what I can tell, I think that's also a good sign for the future of uh, of German biathlon. No kidding. Yeah. So uh, and then uh, Albert Ingels uh, or Engelman, look out. <laughs> One uh, other thing uh, that you may have seen on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and what you've heard many times on the podcast is that I think the uh, isolated pursuit time should be more rewarded. Um, I still find it kind of saddening almost to see that, you know, people have the best best race of their life during a pursuit, but just for the fact that they didn't have a, a great sprint, they don't get rewarded for it. So um, I, I did a visual of uh, the regular season score for pursuit and then compared with the isolated pursuit score. No, I wouldn't necessarily ever want to say that it should be replaced, uh, the normal score with the isolated pursuit score, but I think there should be a, maybe a, a weighted weighted combination of, you know, what's your end result for the day and, and how did you do isolated and then get points uh, for both components. But um, just comparing the two side by side, Tandrevold would have uh, went from sixth place to second and uh, Chevalier Boucher would have uh, gone up quite a number of spots as well as Noten and Kamola. And on the men's side, uh, Claude would have gone up. Hartwake would have gone up quite a bit. So he had, had some very strong pursuits, but maybe not the best sprint races. And um, who else was there? Claude. Again, we saw both both, both Claude's. Claude's, Claude brothers. Yeah, love love a pursuit. Yeah, and then 
Let's see here. Naroth. Anyway, I, it, it was uh, something that kind of that that I was just interested to uh, to research a little bit, and uh, and and also. So this was more the comparison of the of the rankings. If you would look at race result or isolated results, and I also looked at basically the difference between the bib number and uh, uh, the race results. So basically, how many people did did they gain on? And uh, for the women, it was Colombo with uh, 56 places gained. And is Shizar, is that uh, from Czech mm-hmm. Republic, I believe, right? He had 53. Uh, Slovenia, yeah. Oh, Slovenia, sorry. Uh, and Duchenko, 53. Fabian Claude, 52. Hartwick, 51. Giacomo, 50. So, and Samuelson, 47. And Seamanator, 46 places gained. And then the next uh, female is 42 for Yislava. So anyway, it's, I don't know. It's uh, something that I, I just really strongly feel about or uh, have feelings about. So uh, I just wanted to put it in a visual and uh, I hope that people will find it on Twitter and Instagram and share some thoughts if they have any. I think that it's a, it's a really good idea. I have mentioned this to you before, but it is an important element to the race. And I think it, it, is worthwhile to look at because you know you are seeing people who who had great races i think it'd be good to reward them it doesn't have to be its own crystal globe or something like that but i still think and it could like, be a small part of it because you can yeah. argue you know if you start yeah. first and you got no places to gain and if you're in the lead at the end you're going to slow yeah. down so that's going to impact your race result and yeah um you they know they can give like a fraction of the of the points you know yeah so yeah, like the, I don't know. the the guy who makes the uh, you know whoever whoever gains the most places or gains the or has the the best isolated pursuit time however you want to do it gets thirty points you know yeah. like it's sort of like a bonus so um, yeah. also might keep people from slowing down too much at the end of a pursuit right so you want that That's extra true, yeah. extra the sort of like a time bonus so yeah um, yeah food for thought as they say. But yeah, if if you I have like any it. ideas, uh, there was somebody already replying about um, looking into how many places you gain as a percentage of the possible places you can gain. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I did a article a couple of years about uh, the Queen of the Pursuit. I think of uh, that yes. was about uh, me, uh, Kaiser, geez. Kaiser Kaiser Macarinen, yeah, and uh, Vera as well. So I and and there I did consider the you know number of places they could gain and how many they got not as a percentage i believe but um yeah just uh, if you have any thoughts just reach out on instagram or twitter uh yeah and uh when we when we do our season recap we can actually add that as one of our globes mm-hmm. giveaway yeah um uh, anything else no i think that was uh all i got then i'm going to empty the notebook uh, as we, as we discussed earlier, <laughs> um, just running through some, uh, some guys I wanted to, or some men and women I wanted to, to kind of shout out. So, mm-hmm. um, in the men's sprint, uh, actually a men's sprint. And I believe also today in the mass start, or maybe it was in the pursuit, uh, uh, March, uh, the, uh, Czech athlete had his seventh top 10 of the season. That is the second most wow. he's ever had in his career. Um, so pretty good. I think he finished like 13th in the overall, and I'm not sure what his best ever finish is. If you give me just a second, I can tell you. Best ever finish before this season was 
17th. So this is his best ever, best ever season. 32 years old, doing pretty awesome. Um, and then Adam Runnels in the sprint was in 25th. Um, and uh, so that's one of his one of his top finishes too, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, he, he's had a packed schedule because he was in camera for the IBU Cup as well. Yeah, he's been back and forth. Yeah, yeah. poor guy's been flying all over the place. Yeah, and he, uh, and I didn't realize he was still a blue bit. He is. I know. It, so there's a lot of young Canadian talent. We've talked about this before, but I'm yeah. very excited about it. Um, in the men's pursuit, uh, there was just kind of a weird quirk that happened in places 33 through 36, which caught my eye. Um, you had uh, Swarum, Strolia, Strateki, and Staller all finished uh, in a row, and it's just kind of funny to see that many S's back to back to back to back, especially the all the STs. It was just a lot, and uh, <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. Um, the women's sprint, Hetek uh, Waltz, Waltz uh, in eighth place. That was the third best finish of her career, and I thought that she oh. actually had a nice little close to the season. Um, one of the things I want to talk about next week actually is the future of the German women's team. And I feel like I've been saying that for three months now, but, um, they just got, I got a lot of women, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a a tough, uh, a tough cut there for whoever doesn't, whoever goes to the IBU cup. Well, the good thing is we got a long summer coming up that, uh, Mm, we're going to be deprived of a lot of podcasts to fill. Uh, Suvi Minkinen, uh, had her, uh, she was in 11th. She was 1.3 seconds away from her second career top 10, oh. which would have been nice, nice to see. And she's the new, uh, leader of the Finnish women's team now with, uh, with Ader, uh, retiring. Yeah. And then, uh, Polona Klementic, she got 16th place. And before this season, she had zero career top twenties and this season she had eight. So wow, pretty nice How improvement there. I think she's like. 24 25 so she's I okay. she i don't know if she's in the blue bib race but she's she's in the, the like in that in that range mm-hmm. she uh had 12 top 30s this year she never had she only had one before this season um her ski rank just like if you just ranked everybody on i went to real biathlon took looked at their ski ranks last year 82nd this year 26th and her overall shooting percentage was 75.6%, to 81.7%. So I put a note here. I said, you know, if, if Rico Gross is their, is their head coach, give her another Keep season him with him. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, man, she could, she could be, she could be making a little leap there. I think she was like somewhere in like the 25 to 30 range in the overall standing. So maybe a wow. top 20 coming next year. Everyone's looking at Lompich as like the big Slovenian hope, but man, no, Lompic no. is. <laughs> is is doing um, great if, if rico gross can do his magic with uh lampage as well then oh my gosh that's a that's knows? a that's a heavy one too plus the sabine they had a couple of women repinch and and the other clementich sister mm-hmm. were good at the junior world span that's a that's another team we got to put on our radar yeah yeah um i don't know if you saw all the I, ibu cuppers that that uh that you saw from kenmore they racing in the women's sprint race yeah I, yeah i noticed a couple of them but um they, they did pretty well Tilda wasn't there, right? Tilda, Tilda, Tilda was not there. But uh, yeah, I thought uh, Marta Krogstad Johansson was in 18th mm-hmm. and Paula Bote was in 21st. Uh, Marin Kirkidi, I'm. Kirkida. Kirkida, yeah, there I, you go. I think that's how you say it. 25th. I mean, those are some pretty good finishes. Mm-hmm. Sarah Anderson, 31st. Groshen and Spark were, I think, 44th and 50 something. So right. um, yeah, just nice to see them. They, they flew right over and jumped right in and. 
Well, and they came over directly from the Youth World Championships, right? Yeah, right. So that's, uh, that's I don't know, you know. That's it's uh, like a seven-hour time difference yeah. between that and Kazakhstan yeah. and Oslo, I believe. That's a that's a tough ask. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And then last one I had was Taro Seppel. I had two top tens this uh, this weekend. And yeah. he I think he only had one before this weekend. So, um, yeah. Kind of a nice way to finish. It was not quite the year that we had maybe hoped for. Um, and so I was curious why he had this little slip back from being sort of a, a feisty contender, some top tens last year, and his ski speed, almost exactly the same. Oh, really? Yep. His standing <laughs> percentage, exactly the same. His shooting times, he was actually 1.7 seconds faster on average per shooting, and his prone shooting went down by 4%. And so like there are other things that go into biathlon as well, but yeah, yeah. you look at those like as your four like main stats and it was all his prone percentage that uh, hmm. got him in trouble. So just sort of wow. easy thing to, to work on in the off season. Well, should, easy I, for easy, you to easy say for me, easy for me, <laughs> easy, yeah. easy to identify what to, what to work on yeah, in the yeah, off season. Yeah. I should say that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. Oh, I've got, uh, I was joking with, uh, RJ, uh, I was sitting here before the, uh, before the pod actually filling up a notebook for, for next week's podcast. So get ready. That actually might be in two parts. There's, I have so many things written yeah. down already. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, in a way it's going to be cool to finally catch up on some ideas that have sparked yeah. during the season and just yeah. never had the time to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to recapping this year. Um, I've got a pretty big project I'm going to work on, and uh, I'll talk about that down the road. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I got a lot of biathlon ideas that are swirling around. Now, yeah, the actu- and, and, now the actual biathlon is done. I can actually get to some of these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, now the season data is complete, so I can yeah. start working on my uh, analysis pieces and put yes. some new blog posts up, etc. So I'm excited about looking that. Forward to that. All right. All right, man. Have a good yep. week. And you as thanks well. everyone for listening. Yes. And uh, we'll catch you next week. All right. Take care. Okay.